and welcome. This is Trials and Tribulations. I'm Phil Airy and I've got my two cohorts. Sarah Owen Hughes and me, Faith Douglas. Now, we're getting very, very close to Christmas. We have just been talking about drink. Not that we're big drinkers. No, we're not. We're not big drinkers, but... We talk about it a lot. We talk about it a lot. (laughs) However, I think what we've come to the conclusion is we like to drink good stuff. Instead of drinking lots of it, we want to drink the good stuff. Yeah. And what we mean by that is botanicals yep. into into uh, drinks. It's really fashionable now mm. that we're all. Go- I mean, you're a, you're a, you're not a teetotaler, but you do like your tea and you like your herbal tea, and that's very fashionable right now. It, it is. I'm, I've always loved herbal teas, mm. um, not just from the health um, side of it, but mm. but also because I actually think they taste nice and it's quite exciting because there's so many different teas now. Um, you know, it is very fashionable, um, but there's just loads of different teas you can get. I'm not a massive alcohol drinker. No. I have been, don't get me wrong. I'm also not a recovering alcoholic. Not there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. All being mm. teetotal, but I'm not completely teetotal. Yeah. I, I've got a toddler, you know, alcohol toddlers, hangovers, toddlers, doesn't make. No. And I'm, I'm getting older, you know, and if I have a drink now... I don't feel great afterwards. I Me neither. would be so tired for about a week afterwards and I get up early. I appreciate my early mornings. That's when I have time to myself. So I get up before everybody. If I was to have a drink before I went to bed or something like that, I wouldn't be able to get up early. There would be a knock on effect and I'd feel dreadful. So for me, it's not really worth it. If I was to have a drink, I'm a bit of a snob, a bit of a wine snob. I like red wine, but it's got to be a particular type of red wine I really like a Malbec a good strong rich Malbec which isn't for everybody because it's quite strong I don't like sweet drinks at all Um, and for me because I'm the only sort of wine drinker in the house it would be pointless opening a bottle of wine just for one glass um, so I don't, I don't often have a drink, you know. Um, yeah. but do you go into all these fashionable gins and things like that, or do you do you stay away from that? Uh, I have attempted gin. I will say attempt. Mm. I actually found that I really liked a certain brand of gin that make lavender gin. Okay. I absolutely. What's the name? Because they might send us some. Oh, you've forgotten, haven't you? It is Mason's. Is it Mason's? Yeah. It's been such a long time. They make a white tea. They do a Yorkshire tea gin. A a white tea gin, a lavender gin, and another. And I only like the lavender gin. I tried them all at one of the shows. Yeah, I tried them all. I love the lavender gin. Absolutely love it. However, it doesn't love me. If I have a, a glass of gin, not that I can remember the last time I had a glass of gin, I would spend the next day crying. It makes right. me very it depressed. Yeah, don't very drink. Morose, yeah. yeah, it can yeah. do. Yeah, but well, then if you go to ruined. if you go to these flower shows, then they all give you a oh, try a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you can't have too much because you're driving. Then it's like, whoa, that's, that's powerful. You, that's where I discovered it. Eat all day at a flower as well, show. and you're not eating properly, and it yeah. does go straight yeah. to your head. Yeah. I mean, I cycle to the flower shows, but I remember one year getting a little bit caught out and walking home with my bike because I didn't feel I was safe, even on the cycle path, because I 
had a bit of a yeah. testing session, yeah. yeah, tasting all the different. Again, it was the Mason gins. Yeah, they are quite strong as well. They are. Yeah, quite they are. Ones. Yeah. So yes, I I like I like drinking gin now. Yeah. And I've got a friend of mine that we're going to talk to uh, very shortly, Jamelia, that does Taylor's gin. Taylor's as in sewing Taylor, and not as in Betty's and Taylor. And she does. She's got some of our. Uh, rhubarb and making rhubarb ah, gin so I, I i i've actually got into the, all this uh gin malarkey um because like i said i don't drink a lot anymore I, that's what so i do like i think a, a but a, a, well i say a bowl of gin it, you know they come they really are. big now yeah. it's it's quite theatrical <laughs> uh, with all the herbs and all the herbs that they do she Jamili was, um, before the pandemic, was going to do a gym festival where she was going to have these tables with lots of herbs on. That would have been fantastic. So people were going to get the gin and then what would go well with this? So there's rosamine, sage and uh, even chives and, you know, you can just explore and do different things. So she's, she's actually made us a horticap gin. Amazing. I know. Yeah, so there's nice. a donation to Autocamp. Hello there. <laughs> and it has our logo on, which is really well, but it's Taylor's Gin. Or it might be something, it might be Draper's Gin. She's got another one, it's another name. Yeah. And um, But it's, 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 they don't use much, which yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought they'd so need lots. And they, you only need a slight amount of rhubarb for yeah. rhubarb gin. Well, if you think about it, you know, when you're mulling wine, you know, you put in herbs and spices, you only need a small amount mm. of cinnamon, a tiny amount of cloves to get all those aromatics out of the plants into, mm. your, into your glass. Yeah. I've done that. I've mulled apple juice before for mm. children because they wanted mulled wine and I didn't want to share it with them. <laughs> I've done that with cider as well. I've mulled cider before. Yeah. And I make my own flavoured gin every year. So I, I do rhubarb, I do quince and ginger, I do slow gin, I've done blackcurrant gin. Um, what else do I do? I've done one with wild plum and with damsons. So, yeah, mm. I, I, I quite like using plants. Mm. And you know something, with, without horticulture, we wouldn't have these We drinks. wouldn't, absolutely not. Have you and tried, agriculture. Have you tried chilli vodka? Lethal. No, I can imagine. Lethal. I can imagine. Don't do it. Easy to make, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> absolutely don't do it. Well, in what way is it lethal? You'd be very drunk and very spicy really? at the same time. Yeah. Oh, the spicy bit I'd like, oh, but the, yes. the junky I'm yes. not very good Mixed with that. Mixed up, right? not good. Explosive. I think explosive. <laughs> um, my daughter, Freya, is actually allergic to Bombay Sapphire, which is uh, quite a well-known oh, yes. botanical yeah, gin, yeah, yeah. isn't it? She has a food allergy. She's actually allergic to the lipstick tree, which is a, a tropical tree, grows in the jungle, and they use it to colour certain foods, in our country, so it's, it's known as a natto, or it's oh, yeah. an E160B, or E160A, I can't remember, she's got to avoid all the E160 numbers, um, and actually there's a very similar, it's the bark of a, a tree in the same species, yes. in Bombay Sapphire, and don't ask me how my daughter, well, <laughs> she was actually quite young, she must have been about nine or ten, and she has to try a little bit. She was came up in hives, the same sort of reaction she would have if she'd eaten something she was allergic to. And when I did my research, I found this tree was in the same family. So she's actually allergic to Bombay Sapphire. Wow. wow. That's, you, you never think that. No. You never no, think that. Yeah. But um, 
You blame but it on the alcohol and not the botanicals. Absolutely. She I've, always, I've always blamed it on the, the off beer. <laughs> the reason why I'm not well in the morning. Terry's allergic to beer. He drinks cider. He cannot drink beer. He comes out in a big rash. He drinks I beer. can't drink it because it has gluten in it. So ah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Do they do gluten-free beer? They do, but again, it just doesn't agree with me. So right. I wonder if my body mm. reacts to it anyway. Mm. Now, the, the, I tell you what she also does. Alcohol-free gin. Amazing. That's I probably more And she does it in the same way. Yeah. It's just they take all the alcohol out. Yeah. And it tastes amazing. I'd really like to try that because there's a big surge in that now, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. The alcohol-free botanical mm. drinks. So I will make sure that she brings some in. Samples. Samples. Amazing. Samples. Samples. And soon-to-be rhubarb <laughs> gin on sale at a place, well, not near you, because it'll just be a heart cat probably, um, <laughs> but in Harrogate. Um, but uh, we'll ship all over the world. If it's, got our, if it's got our logo on, we will ship. If you're listening anywhere in the entire world, we will deliver to you. So we hear what Jamila has to say and how she, uh, she makes these fantastic gins. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers indeed. Chin chin. Chin chin. Okay then, so we have Jamelia in front of me. Hello, Jamelia. Hey, Phil, how are you doing? Well, you're going to have to introduce yourself and what you do. <laughs> so my name's Jam. Um, we run a, a pop-up and a gin bar brand in the centre of Leeds. It's called Taylor's. And we've just launched a new um, a new spirit range called Fabric, which is handwoven right here in Yorkshire. And we're using some of the very fine ingredients um, straight from Horticab itself. Yes, we've, we've provided a little bit of rhubarb and, and things like that. Now, I've tasted this gin. It is fabulous. And we've been to your uh, your little gin bar. It's now, now it's in the middle. Where, whereabouts in Leeds, is it? In, it's in the Grand Arcade, so just next to the Grand Theatre. In yeah. And then by day, it's, it's a tailor's. Yes. Uh, hence the tailor's drink. Yeah. And then by night, well... It's the haven of moonshine, I guess. It's an all singing, all dancing bit of razzmatazz. It's a 1920s themed speakeasy um, where we also um, host our own uh, range of distilled gins. Um, so we've got Taylor's, which is our house spirit. That's a, a traditional London dry. And then we've just launched um, two new ranges, one called Drapers and one called Fabric. And they're all in line with our, our tailoring theme and and hand weaving the the botanicals that go into these um illustrious spirits yes now now the the thing is uh we met at the uh not very secret christmas market because we found you um <laughs> but we met you there because you wanted to hire to uh, i think it was 30 30 christmas trees six foot christmas trees because you didn't want the cut ones you wanted to be a bit more sustainable and so you hide them off us for probably about two or three years so that's how we met what a brilliant idea hiring christmas trees so that's brilliant you know and that's how we met and obviously then you and your your partner's gone into doing the doing the gin and you came to us for some ingredients so you've got hot you've got a bit of uh, harrogate uh of harrogate's finest 
and Hotcats finest rhubarb. Is that is this is this like your first proper gin that you've uh, produced? So yes, this is our first infusion range. So it's our first set of flavoured gins. Um, prior to this, we just did one which was a, a London dry, which we still have on sale. But this is our our new range, steeped in the in the spirit of Yorkshire and, and right here in Harrogate, um, and taking some of your uh, horticultural expertise, as we've had many a visit and many a many a cuppa over. Yes, yes, <laughs> botanicals. I've, I've got a long list of things we need to do for you and what we need to grow and things like that. So, and and the thing is with botanicals and the infusion, honestly, I thought you need buckets of rhubarb. And you don't need that at all, do you? No, no. Well, when you're dealing with um, alcohol, I suppose, as a, as a general, it's quite quick in terms of the amount of flavour you can extract through it. Um, you can do it in various various different ways as well, with a little heat um, vapour infusing some of the, the ingredients as well to get a better quality and colour um, from them. So there's... There's definitely a fine art to uh, to making these handcrafted spirits, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, really, what we what we do is take whatever is in season and really put the same level of attention to detail that we would be when we're we're stitching and hand mm-hmm. hand stitching yeah, yeah, some of yeah. the suits and garments we make we make by day, um, and putting that level of effort and detail um, into our spirit range as well, um, which I'm sure. You'll agree is is a fine art with gardening and um, yeah. and growing, cultivating. So, yeah, it's taken. I think it's taken us what at least a year, a year in the making, mm. and um, kind of getting the right the right quantities, right the right balance of flavors. Um, I've had a few sample sampling sessions. Yes, I had. <laughs> I must admit, I have some some samples. Um, but you see now, now you see, Jim, Jim really taking over, aren't it? I mean, I used to like it before, but now that it's all different flavours um, and it's quite a, a, a market now is this gin. You see you see lots of gin. Yes, the rhubarb thing is probably probably the most popular gin. Um, a lot of people bringing out the oranges and stuff like that, but you're going, you're going for real different flavours. I, I mean, I didn't think about it, but using the, the sap from the silver bark, uh, silver birch tree um which you've got us tapping now so we're ready for tapping when the the sap rises in in uh, in spring and you can you can infuse that with the gin yes well yeah absolutely i mean the the gin market's gone crazy over the last few years um I think it's been one of the biggest industry booms that we've seen um and i, I think mainly it's made it's made flavors the flavor of gin more accessible to people so historically small batch gin well in fact it was illegal for some some time to make small batch gin because of um i suppose the history of gin lane mother's ruin um the government put a a stop on people being able to produce small quantities which i think it was sipsmiths that over overturned that ruling which now means you can play around with it and have fun and really be quite inventive with the flavors of it and it's it's such a good kind of base spirit to to play around with the, the possibilities are endless in yeah. terms of the types of um, types of gin you can have. And, yeah, by adding silver birch sap to, to our gin, we've mm. added some detoxifying qualities yeah. to it. Um, 
I would I would say uh, I think there's antioxidants, um, electrolytes, things mm. like that in silver birch sap. So there's there's a bit of a silver lining to some of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, that's a trap line. That's a trap line. So what what sort of the the weirdest sort of flavour that you could add to uh, to gin is it is the one that you think I never thought that would be okay because I I thought that was the the sap using that. Uh-huh. Is there any sort of other gin? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few that we've we've come across. We've done a, a lot of tasting over the last few. Years. Now you won't tell me the combinations, <laughs> will you? Because that's always top secret. It is you keep top telling secret. me you can't say, you can't tell them this, you can't tell them that. It is, but there's some very interesting concoctions. So I think we've had, um, I suppose that that mixture of um, sweet and spice is is always quite a a good. I suppose it was more of a foodie kind of culinary taste um so things like strawberry and, and basil and using mm. a lot of pepper and kind of spices within gin there's also some quite interesting things like charcoal um so black black right there you go charcoal <laughs> right there you go that that's a weird combination to put yeah, that in it is it's definitely up there black black in color and uh probably leaves your tongue looking a bit like you've eaten <laughs> But but I've seen some to drink it and they say it's really good. Yeah. I've had charcoal cheese now oh. and that is beautiful yeah. stuff. It's also got got good health benefits as well. <laughs> not that we're uh, <laughs> yeah. not no, it's that it's uh, <laughs> drinking as a health benefit, but um, but yeah, I mean there's some really interesting things out there, and I think the more and more you play around, um, I suppose it, it's like having the ability to to be a little bit of a scientist in a way and create new creations that people haven't thought of um create new flavors that also go with different ranges of tonic or different ranges of mix it mixes so mm. it's it's moving way beyond just the normal g and t you're going into gin and ginger ale um mm. gin and lemonade which is absolutely nothing wrong with sometimes people are adamant they do not like gin um until we give them a i don't know gin and elderflower mm. or something mm. then they realize it's actually the quinine in the tonic that's giving them the extra bitter taste that they're not so keen on so it's it's just such a versatile drink that you can really play yeah. around with and yeah. i think rhubarb's kind of been one of the most popular in the last couple of years um mm. hence why we're yeah. bringing out our fabric rhubarb gin and, um, and also what you've done which is really fabulous is we're here at hearty cap again um and you have made some proper Yorkshire Harrogate and Horticap gin uh, and um, a donation will be made to Horticap, our charity, which is fabulous. A great, a great thing. We, we've got our name on the, on the gin bottle. Whatever next. <laughs> you certainly have. Well, I think it's, it's been a long time in the coming. We've, uh, we've been chatting through all the, all these various flavour combinations and, and taking some real kind of expertise and talking to a lot of the team have helped pick some of the rhubarb as well. So I think that's been a fantastic, a fantastic opportunity to get people involved and kind of really um, raise some money at the same time, um, which, you know, during this mm. pandemic mm. is really what, what counts. I think we're all, mm. we've all struggled a bit. So the, the more we can do to come out the other side of this and, and keep everyone kind of spinning mm. and going, the better. Now, before lockdown, you were, you come to us and you wanted to make some little tables to fill those tables full of herbs. So then you could, I know, it was a, <laughs> those days when you could have had a festival. <laughs> 
But you're going to make some tables and have a little bit of a gin festival and then have these herbs planted into these boxes. So then you could then get your gin and experiment yourself with the different type of herbs. Yes. So it was all to do with, I suppose, having um, living living tables, living plants. Um, so you could self-garnish, uh, obviously, in the pre, pre-COVID era. <laughs> era. It gets a little complicated nowadays. Um, but, yeah, so people could really just explore different flavours add to their gins as they go um put in some basil put in a bit of rosemary lemon balm um and just just start to have fun and have that interactive element and you know i think drinking's largely become a lot more about the experience overall gin is like theater to me (laughs) it's 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 theatrical big drinks and you know with the ice and the and the flavors and the herbs and the spices and the the it just looks amazing so what you're buying is you're buying a bit of theater in in my opinion yeah absolutely and i think more so now than ever we need that kind of social you know kind of gathering together and having an experience not just you know a quick drink here and there it's all it's about the whole kind of the drink the flavor the way it looks um but also just who you're with and and it creates a memory around you i suppose and you think god do you remember that time i had that great gnt <laughs> remember that time we all out went out for a drink oh. i mean do you remember the days <laughs> and they will be back this summer it's gonna be cracking jamelia thank you ever so much thanks for having me phil This is Tree of the Pod. So I'm just walking through this amazing woodland near my home. I don't know if you can hear the crunch under my feet. And that is the sound of the leaves from one of my favourite trees of all time. Yeah, this is the beech tree, Fagus sylvatica, the European beech. It's one of my favourites. It's known as the mother of the woods or the queen of British trees and they can grow enormous and they have the most vast crown which is thick with its delicate foliage and it creates a really dense canopy overhead and that only real shade lovers um, can survive underneath. Just come up close to this great big mighty beech tree and you know the huge stem is almost grey in colour and it's really smooth to the touch. I don't know if you can just hear my hand again. I find myself stroking the tree. I must do this very often. It's very, very smooth in texture. Um, and there's the occasional lumps and bumps along the way, which often come with age um, to all of us, I suppose. Um, also applies to, uh, to trees. You know, the young leaves when they develop are silky with fine downy hairs that disappear with age and can be eaten, actually, within salads. The older the leaves become, they actually become a little bit more bitter to the taste and not so pleasant when they're older. This tree is a haven for not just me, but also for wildlife and plants. They thrive around it. Much rarer plants enjoy the dense shade that the canopy provides. Butterflies live within insects birds thrive and you know fungus really loves the tree too the the native truffle fungi actually grows in and around beech woodlands so you could probably get yourself a a truffle pig and and see if you can search for a a truffle or two i've actually found a truffle uh, and it was under a beech tea
Um, it was listed and logged in the Kew catalogue um, of being one of the, the most northern truffles found. I was very, very pleased with myself and it is a secret location. Um, I didn't use a pig. I used various other sort of indicators as to where truffles can be found and I think a great deal of luck was on my side and I had a little scratch around and hey presto this great big truffle popped out. It was very exciting. Um, so you know many different mosses and lichens live within these trees and I'm a huge fuss of, a fan of, of mosses as well. You know its seeds are food for many small mammals and its seeds are often called beech nuts or mast and they appear in the autumn so at this time of the year and you can often hear them crunching underfoot when you are underneath one of these great big trees and these seeds as, as in seeds from a lot of trees are actually edible. They are bitter in taste though so you might not like them. They have a really high oil content and can be pressed to produce oil but in excess these the, the nuts, too many of them could actually cause poisoning, so it's well advised just to be careful how many you actually uh, take on board. The nuts again can be roasted for coffee um, and medicinal uses, again a really useful tree. Beech bark is an astringent, so it's great for minor ailments. You can make a poultice from the leaves and it's great for boils or other skin issues. You know, beech is a really nurturing tree uh, for anybody to hang out with. Plant of the Pod. Today's Plant of the Pod is the Schlumbergera buckleyi, which is the Christmas cactus. It's native to southeast Brazil and it is actually a cactus, although it doesn't look like a traditional cactus. It grows epiphytically, so it grows on trees and on rocks, but it doesn't feed from them, so it's not a parasite. It just uses the trees and the rocks as support. And when you grow it, in the UK, it likes to be in small, tight pots with free-draining soil, like any other cactus, just moist as well, so it's got a lot of moisture coming in. It likes to grow in low light, so it's a great plant to use in those slightly darker corners of your house, particularly a north-facing windowsill, for example. It's really easy to propagate. You can twist off a segment, leave it on the side for a week so that the broken off part starts to callus over and then root it by putting it straight into your growing medium and the great thing about it is about this time of year you get the buds forming and then it bursts into bloom and you get normally pink but you can get yellows and creams and white flowers which are these fantastic trumpets really really exuberant really celebratory they look like they're on fire it's absolutely beautiful so that's today's plant of the pod the schlumbergerer well that's it thanks for listening that's been another edition of trials and tribulations now if you liked it please subscribe and follow but Until next time, keep it green.